248-539-9797, as most of you know. Uh, Bengals over the Bills, 27-10. to They'll take on Kansas City late kickoff on Sunday. The early game will be at the link in Philadelphia, where the Eagles will be hosting the San Francisco 49ers. The favorite team of Enrico Beard, 19-12. The 49ers win it. Dak Prescott fails to come up again in the clutch. You know, 23-37, 206. Looks good. Uh, one touchdown. Yeah, two picks. Mm-hmm. Bad picks as well. Brock Purdy just did what he had to do. 19-29, 214. Uh, no picks, no interceptions. Yep. And, and I think some of the conversation is – is is so much about what Dallas did to lose that game. And I think we sometimes forget about the great things that San Francisco did to win that game. It was a really good football game. It, it was, was fun to watch. Yeah. Defensively, they showed why they were the number one defense throughout the course of this football season. And then offensively, you saw the creativity of where they, you know, how they used Debo Samuel, how they used Christian McCaffrey. The ability to get Brock Purdy some easy looks and some throws, and and for the fact that they also were very fortunate that there weren't interceptions from from Brock Purdy. But what a great story! Yep. All right, some ticket text, and then we'll get to what yesterday or this weekend's game uh, meant to the Lions, or you know, if you can yep. relate it all to it. Uh, I work in tech, and the technology exists where you put a chip in the ball and put the ball in a fixture and teach the chip the entire surface of the ball. Okay. How about we just leave it alone? Technology does not have to be in everything. Everybody wants Thank perfection. You. They don't realize perfection is not possible. Thank you. Did I hear just did I did I just hear Stoney being worried about looking like an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> That's from Ramon and Waterford. <laughs> I'm astonished of all the times that you chose to pick this out that you were actually at another live sporting event simultaneously. So you were oh that shocked you. <laughs> he couldn't focus on what was going on in front of him. No, the, the, the delay in the Eagle game. Right. You were sitting at the Wings Flyers game right. at the same time. Yeah. So you had a game right in front of you that you'd just like, okay, whenever play resumes, it zoom, resumes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whatever. Couldn't make eye contact Whatever. with the puck. Because there was a chip in the puck. Uh, we've been able to see where a tennis ball lands for decades. Get the technology. That's uh, lazy, lazy NFL. That's true. Yeah, but there is some charm in – okay, it's very inaccurate. Like one of the most inaccurate things in sport – is where the official spots the ball. Right. And then even more inaccurate is the chains coming out to measure whether it's a first down, did you gain it by yeah, you know it, You're right. by one or two links. And I'm okay with that. Okay, okay. so <laughs> I can't remember where you stand on it. Do you want uh the computer robotic strike zone in baseball? You, you, no. you should you have to now. Yeah. yeah. It's the same thing. You shot your shot. No, you want th- perfection. If you're going to use human error, yeah, but, but, but it's not human per se, huh? It's not hu- It's the chain. It's the, the, the it's the, the equipment. I'm not talking about the person. It's the the equipment. If you're going to use equipment, you make fun sure of the guys it, wobbling it, no, right there. I'm making fun of them. Yes, <laughs> yes, it kind of is. It's the equipment. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm not saying you have referees make. I mean, robots make pass interference calls or anything like that. If no, you're going to use, if it's if ten gonna, yards, it's ten yards. If I mean, it's perfected if that you, it's if, ten if yards. If you're going to use a piece you of, you can a, pull your tape you, measure out and measure. It's it, ten yards, you, thirty right, feet. Fine. That's that. The tape measure is technically a piece of equipment. I'm saying make the equipment better. It's nothing to do with the person. 
I just don't get why you are you I'm, don't want a, a strike zone that's could I think would be more accurate than some sort of technology if, if, with if marking they, the football. If they figure it out, then fine. That I, I won't care that much. But Tony's hypocrisies. He wants this change. And he's right. fine. He doesn't want human error in the NFL, but he, he's cool with Angel Hernandez. No, I'm, I'm cool with yeah. some human. I'm cool with human error, like when they make calls. This but is it, a call. But this, it's not even a call. You're, you're using. Where's it down? You're using an aid. The aid is the chain, and the chain doesn't work all the time. It's not the, the chain. The, the chain is what's accurate. <laughs> not really. It's ten yards. <laughs> yeah, but it's where they start and place it that's inaccurate. Okay, so it has nothing to do with the equipment. <laughs> the, the equipment should they should upgrade their equipment. <laughs> like you upgrade your car, your BBT gets upgraded every three few years. <laughs> You can't add chips. <laughs> you can't add chips to football. It's because it'll change the weight of the football. All right, let's take one call on this. How much do you think chips weigh? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. not much. John in Ann Arbor, what's up? Hey, so yeah, the uh, the chip will tell you if it's the first down or if it crosses the goal line and everything, but it'll have no idea if the player has been called down or is knee touched or anything. So you can look at the Roman Wilson touchdown against CCU. It's gonna be a touchdown. But the rest are going to overrule whatever you know they they determine actually happens. That's that's a yep. good point. So now the players need to get chips in all their it, points. Yeah, go get a COVID shot. Yeah, right. hey, according, according hey, John, this, already... this week's football, right. this year's football, sponsored by Pfizer. Yeah, because John <laughs> believes that that actually happens. <laughs> I do not believe. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what you saw this weekend <laughs> and how it affects your Detroit Lions. What well, what I think the most encouraging thing, and granted. Most of it is was from Philly and also from Cincinnati, even though those guys were injured, is the offensive line, John, your position, yeah. your position group is could have been could have been the most important position group of this weekend. And because the Lions Tell me something I don't know. Because the, and the Lions have a top five offensive line, things look wonderful. If you take care of your offensive line and build that and also Try to take care of your, you know, defensive line, which they're trying to do. Yeah. You got a really good chance to win a hell of a lot of football games. If you can win the line of scrimmage, yes, you're going to win That's more football games than not. Yeah, and 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 I when mean, we and, look and, and at the way Brad Holmes is constructing this team, all right, what was his first draft pick? Penny Sewell. Right. And everybody thinks, oh, well, he fell to, to the Lions and it was a no-brainer. Yes, you. we've also said, hey, at some point you've got to have a little bit of luck as well. Mm-hmm. Not only was that luck, but he didn't outthink himself. He took Penny Sewell. Now you've got Decker and Sewell. You've got two bookend tackles. You've got an all-pro center in Frank Rag now. Now the only other thing, and you got a little bit lucky with Jonah Jackson. Right. All right. Now... What's going to happen with that right guard position? Is Vitae going to be able to play? Is he done? I mean, we don't know if he's going to be able to recover from that injury. You could go out and you could make an argument that in this draft, not in, I don't think in the first round, but in the second round, you could say, well, we need to solidify that position mm-hmm. by going out and getting a right guard. Now, all of a sudden, you go from a top five offensive line to how do you compete with Philadelphia's offensive line? who most people believe, and it's hard to argue, that they're the best offensive line in the NFL. And they proved it on Saturday night because what Lawrence and Williams did nothing, and they're really good. Yeah. 
And then you look, okay, defensively, you got to be able to pressure quarterbacks. And we found out this year that, hey, Aiden Hutchinson is, we believe, is going to continue to progress and be good at pressuring the quarterback. Uh, you got James Houston being able to pressure the quarterback. You've got Romeo Okwara there. If uh, healthy is going to add to that, now all of a sudden, hey, Josh Pascal had a couple of sacks. You saw, saw some things from that defensive line. If they can solidify the interior of that defensive line, and I'd be fine with going in the first round and getting that guy. Right. Now all of a sudden, if you've got a a top five offensive line, and a top 10 defensive line, hopefully they develop and you get that top five on both sides, you get a pretty good team started. Uh, the divisional round is over. We're down to the final four. In the AFC, it's Cincinnati at Kansas City at Arrowhead, and Philadelphia at the link will be hosting the San Francisco 49ers. Both games should be classics. Yeah. But – We've said that before, and they haven't been classic. So it's, it, on paper, they are really good matchups. It's it's really exciting to think about what could happen this coming weekend. Yeah, um, I wish Mahomes was 100%. I do, too. Um, now the big question, we're talking about offensive lines and how that they, you know, you got some of the best offensive lines and defensive fronts in all of football playing, and that's the reason these games are there. It's not necessarily true for the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. And they, that's it was... Not- that's why it's incredible that they played so well yesterday because they have three of their top five offensive linemen are out. Yeah, uh, and and I thought it was a great job by the offensive staff of and Zach Taylor of creating a game plan to give them some advantages, especially in weather like that. Now the question is going to be, can they can they capitalize on those developments for this offensive line going to Arrowhead? You know, it's not going to be bad weather. It's not going to be the same weather that they no. had in Buffalo. Can they somehow replicate that uh, against Kansas City? Right. It's going to be cold, but no precipitation. Right. Doesn't look like it yet. Yeah. You know what? One of the other things I got out, uh, and it's kind of a negative way, and it, it brings me to a draft question. And I know everybody's first answer is no, and I, mine would be two unless they trade down deep into the first round. The final, the four teams. Now, Hurst is probably the worst of the three of the four pretty good you have three elite kelsey kittle and goddard's turning into elite. he might not be at that level yet yeah. but he's really really good you have a lot of really good tight end play and the lions forgetting about tj hawkinson they don't have a really good tight end would you suggest if I don't know if 18 may be a little too high for my liking but if they would trade down for some reason meyer later in the first round, something like that, because it seems like the tight end is becoming such a vital position with these offenses. Well, I think the interesting thing would be is, obviously, I think Kelsey and Kittle are the cream of the crop, Kelsey being the, Kelsey being the top of, of, right. of that. Um, but we don't necessarily see them as blocking tight ends. They can, right. but they're not great blocking tight ends. Sure. They're, they're good pass-catching tight ends. Is it that's that much of a stretch to think that Brad Holmes, we know how he can evaluate wide receivers, could find in the second or third round right, possibly. a tight end that could add to the passing game of this offense? Yeah. So I don't think you need to go in okay. the first. That's why I say I, you don't think you need to go in the first round. Right. I wouldn't take him in the first either 6 or 18 right now, but for some reason – uh, if there's a trade down and they get into the you know mid to late twenties, I'd have no problem with taking them there. 
Would you rather, I know you love these, if they do trade down, Mm -hmm. and let's just say the tight end from, what's his name again from uh, Notre Dame? Meyer. Meyer. If he's available, say, at 22, Mm -hmm. or B. John Robinson, who would you take? Well, it all depends if they're bringing Jamal Williams back. Because I don't think you need B. John Robinson if you're going to have Swift and... Him there and yeah, but you've only got Swift for another year under know, contract, and he's not been a reliable running back, at least on the field. So you, you just listed off all these tight ends. Which one of them were drafted in the first round? I know. That, that's, None that of was them. kind of my point. Yeah. Of yeah, I, yeah. I, you know, I, I, that's why I said late in the first round, if at all. But I mean, I think the one guy coming out next year, Brock Bowers, is a different animal. Right. That would be worth it. But I just don't think it's worth it for this team to go. I think Brock Wright gets the job done. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's good enough. I think the combination of of Wright and Zilstra um, is 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 a good combo to have. But I'm but the point is though that these teams that are there have really good tight ends, and I don't, with all due respect, I don't think Brock Wright is going to be a really good tight end, let alone elite like okay. Kel, like Kelsey. But the whole got, point is finding a good tight end, right? Not. No. not- Necessarily taking one early. Right, that's fine. That, that, okay, that, that's that, why that, I, you're right. Align with John. I mean, we were talking before the show. I think, Stoney, you're right. You can make a case over the last 10, 15 years that having a top-end tight end is going to lead you to more success than having a top-end wide receiver. Yes. You know? Again, I looked at the top, the top uh, 10 receivers in yardage this year. There's only two that are left in the playoffs. They're both on the same team. It's A.J. Brown and it's Devontae Smith. Now, even A.J. Brown is not considered in that top elite group. No. He, he's in tier two. He's really, really good. He looked okay? like he was pouting a little bit the other night, too. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so this whole thing in the, in the offseason with all these teams going after big-time wide receivers, to me, is it's not the way you win. You can go over the history of the league the last, uh, for I think, forever, and many of the champions don't have the top elite receivers. No. No, there are some. Don't get me wrong. I mean, Jerry Rice, okay? Hello, the greatest receiver yes. ever. You're talking 40 years he, ago. He also had the greatest safety on his team. Yes. <laughs> well, but you're also, I mean, okay, let's take a look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Jamar Chase, T. Higgins. You got two guys there that are are really good. Jamar Chase is one of, one of the top, I'd say, five receivers in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Well, that, and, and so, it, I mean, that's a case where you're looking at it going, okay, well, this, especially with Joe Burrow, and, and obviously they have a, they've, they've worked together longer than just the Cincinnati Bengals. Last year's Super Bowl champion had one of the greatest receivers in the league, right? Cup. Yeah. He had the, great, the greatest single season. But he yeah. was, the year before, he was really good, and he was having a great year this year yeah. until he got hurt. Yeah. So now he wasn't drafted that high. Was he third, fourth, fourth well, round? There yeah. you go. Once right. again, that's yeah, what who helped have say in that. Brad right. Holmes. Yes. And the other thing about the Rams is they had Higby and Everett as tight ends. Neither yes. one of those guys were taken high, and they were neither, neither were really a focal point of their no. offenses. No. So maybe there's they, a philosophical they, thing going on there. Look at Dan Campbell as a tight end. Right. I saw the. Did you say? I don't know if it was on one of the broadcasts or it was just on, on on Twitter. They. I, I saw. A, all his like touchdowns for the Lions, and two of them were like the exact same play that Brock Wright scored with the Jet, you know, against the Jets. Yeah, like, those, those types of plays. He was Campbell's wearing the the black Lions jerseys, and oh. one of them. <laughs> oh, I hated that jersey. Yeah, not a huge fan. I don't. Yeah, 
don't like messing with the jerseys. Right. So, the, the, you know what else to, to take away from uh, the weekend games if you're a Lions fan? What Chad Henney did. The Lions have is Nate Sudfeld. You have to upgrade. We all agree they need to upgrade. Now, Chad Henney, people were like, ah, Chad Henney. You know what? Two years in a row, or there was two years ago when he came in and helped them beat the Browns when Mahomes went down. And, and, yes, and you know, Saturday, yesterday, you know, 98-yard drive, whatever the hell it was, 92-yard drive, that was terrific. I mean, it wasn't throwing like 40-yard bombs or anything like that. Right. Well, he's a journeyman backup, but then right. you can also, if you're going to pick and choose him, then you also can pick and choose Brock Purdy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So they went and used a late-round pick. So that's a – I just don't think there's right. any, like, formula other than – I think the, the thing with these four teams are that they're very well balanced. Yes. Okay? And the, what you asked the question, John, okay, can they – do you expect them to get to the uh, divisional round next right. year? The Lions expect? I don't expect. I think they can. I think right. they can, yeah. Yes. I got to see them win a one playoff game before I expect them to get to a second. Right. And, and, and they look, obviously, we're just, you know, forecasting without knowing free agency and draft either because that will definitely sway your opinion going into the season. Yeah, and – if they're going to do that, we talked about you know the offensive line. We know that the Lions have a good offensive line. There's a chance that they could have a better offensive line if they do something with that right guard spot with mm-hmm. some somebody with just a little bit more talent. They're good with some of the guys that are in there, Evan Brown, but you've got to you got to find a way to get a little bit better. And you got to pay Evan Brown. He's going to be making you know free agent wise probably eight nine million a year possibly 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 but and so again it's it's a situation mm-hmm. that they're going to have to deal with defensive line wise and again we've talked about going out into the draft with that six pick possibly and solidifying the front you know uh, of of both the offensive and defensive lines not with that f- first pick for for the offensive line but then you look and I think you know Alex Anzalone had a good year but he's not a guy that's going to get you over the top defensively playing that linebacker position. And he's and, not a guy who's going to defend C.D. Lamb down the field like right, Warner did. Fred Warner. And so where was Fred Warner picked? He's a third-round pick. And so you can get guys in the second Derek and third Barnes. round that can go out there. You need to have an elite-level elite play mm-hmm. at linebacker to be able to, to – to, if you're going to have to – you know, cover receivers. You've got to have the guy that can be able to do that to be able to be a run stopper. You've got to have a guy that has that unique skill set to be able to do that. And I think that's where the Lions right now need to make up ground. It's funny because you remember going into the season, to me, linebacking, and I said this yeah. many times, was their worst, was their biggest positional need. And Aaron Glenn basically was saying, no, it's it, it's not that because the way they, the defense were going to play. Well, they switched the defense a little bit, and yeah. you, you, you need linebackers. You know, I think, I think the thing with the Lions right now is that, from watching this weekend is they, they're, I think the best they could do next year, maybe even the next couple of years, is reach the divisional round. They're a ways off oh, yeah. from being one of the top teams. Especially in the defensively. Oh, yeah. They, there's a, t- a lot of talent. And, and I think Hutchinson and the Houstons and, you know, uh, Rodrigo and et cetera can – they, they, they they're can, depth guys. They can they're grow, depth guys. They can grow into that, but they don't have that many, at least now, special players no. on defense. That's why I – and I said this on Friday, and I don't want you to, to misconstrue it. 
you're going to continue to add talent through the draft. Now, I don't expect them to have, you know, six of seven players every single year hit in the draft. Right. Last year was an exceptionally good draft for Brad Holmes. Mm-hmm. I do expect him to continue to add players throughout the course of the draft, and every year it adds up, and then all of a sudden you have some really good depth. You're also at some point going to have to show, and this is where I want to see Brad Holmes show it this year, some what's his acumen in terms of adding talent in free agency? It's not going out there and getting the high-priced guy no. or getting the number one target that everybody has on their board, but it's adding playmakers that you can afford and it's sustainable and it doesn't cripple you down the road. Our telephone number, 248-539-9797.